listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. 3, 2, 1, countdown's here, people. Tomorrow, the puck drops. Benny, what up, baby? The puck doesn't drop until Thursday when our boys are in action, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, my, my boys play Wednesday, so oh, okay. I'll go off that, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, it's uh, officially regular season NHL hockey time. Uh, as we always say, we have our playoff, well, our regular season picks, uh, playoff predictions, award picks, uh, some prop bets, all this other stuff, um, which we always love to get into. I think this, our deadline and our playoff preview uh, episodes are our three favorite each year. So looking forward to it been very excited uh getting this all set up but i think we need to start north of the border i i like going up north uh you know what i'm saying (laughs) today big news out of winnipeg two guys that we thought could potentially be out of there looks like they're staying there a long time yeah we kind of touched on this last episode where winnipeg after another disappointing season well all the talk around the league was they're going to blow it up the room is bad. They have to change their room. And really all they did was get rid of their captain, Blake Wheeler, who's now with the Rangers, and PLD. And once they did that, they're like, all right, we're good. <laughs> yeah, back to normal. Regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, so now they keep Shifley and Hellebuck for seven years, $59.5 million contract, so $8.5 million a year. Um they both would have been un- unrestricted at the end of the season. So surprising that they end up in end up staying in Winnipeg. Uh, they both signed the same exact deal. So this is kind of like a Paul Correa, Timo Solani thing uh, back in the day. But also, you know, always being selfish here, this eliminates Hellebuck as an option for the Devils at the deadline. So very much happy with that. Uh, taking them off the table. Now it's really just Gibson and maybe Markstrom, depending on how Calgary does. Uh, maybe Demko, but other than that, slim pickings in the goaltending market. See, I don't know. I, I think if all the alleged rumors are true, which we'll never know, I almost think that this kind of uh, could solidify a trade. Now if you're the guy who's, you know, if I'm calling and I'm acquiring services, I'm only doing it for... A quarter of a year. I have a long-term contract in place. I know exactly what I'm getting. I know the AAV. This could be the other end that maybe they're both getting shipped out. I mean, is there? Is it just when you sign a unrestricted free agent, or is it after you sign any type of new contract where you can't trade that player for a year? Because remember the whole D'Angelo thing with Carolina. No, that was you can't be traded to the same team within a year. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm trying to see. Do they have movement clauses or anything? I don't see it in the press release or anything. I doubt. I mean, you're one season away from being able to choose the destination uh, that you want to end up in, either for one playoff run or potentially long term. And you sign a seven year deal, basically. Unless you got a full no trade clause, 
you're giving that leverage up to Winnipeg so you can end up anywhere in the league. doesn't need to be a cup contender, a team that can afford your contract just to get that guaranteed money on a dotted line. If I was that close to unrestricted free agency and I didn't want to stay long-term, no way I'm signing that deal. I don't know. I just think it's funny to me because there's always rumors in hockey, right? This one doesn't like that one. This one doesn't want to stay. I just think that if I'm your agent too, I'm going to tell you that. Like, listen, yes, UFA, you can go wherever you want, but guaranteeing your future right now, because in hockey, it's not like football where it's different money. You're either A, getting that whole contract, or B, you're getting bought out. So you're still making three quarters of the money. But now on the other end, hey, you don't want to be there. It makes you a lot more suitable for other teams to come knocking. Hey, yeah, it's going to cost me a lot more to get you now, now that you're set and you're a franchise goalie, but I know what I'm getting. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't think either either of them end up seeing year seven in Winnipeg. Um, I don't think that's going to happen for either of those guys. I do think they see at least year two. If I'll say this, unless Winnipeg tanks this season, and then these guys are like, the front office comes to them and says, hey, listen, we thought we had something going here. That's why we wanted to keep you long term. We're going to start a rebuild. Do you want to be a part of it or not? That I can see if it's something. But if they're in a playoff race, I don't think they get shipped out. Well, time will tell, my friend. <laughs> Um, and the last thing before we get into the prediction portion of the show, you know, part of training camp around the league is trimming that roster. And this past weekend was the big weekend in terms of guys having to be placed on waivers. Um, so either finding a new spot around the league or ending up in the minor leagues, which for a lot of these guys, unless you're just coming off the ELC and you have that waiver right, you might not get claimed and you go to the AHL, but you might get a call up at some point during the season. But if you're an older guy, could be the end of the road if you go unclaimed. So guys like Bergosian, um, I mean, he's not older, but Zach Ashton Reese couldn't cut the lineup on Detroit, which not a, That's a great shocker. look for him. Yeah. Joel Joel Armia, um, I he's going to go on claim because of his contract. But this was a guy when Montreal went on their playoff run. I mean, every time this happens, a bottom six winger has a good playoff run, gets overpaid, and then within a few years is bought out or released. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin White, Vinny Hinnestroza in Pittsburgh. Um, your old boy Malcolm Subban couldn't make it in St. Louis. Uh, Tanika couldn't make it in Vancouver. Um, the other guy that was interesting that I think has a chance at a future in the league, though, Callie Rosen in St. Louis. Uh, just too many of the same type of player on a Blues back end. That's why I feel like he didn't make the cut. And Mackenzie McGecker in, in St. Louis as well. I think he has a chance to be a solid you know, fourth line forward. So on a cheap, picking him up off waivers. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting, you know, we were talking last episode about some of the young guys with the Bruins. Are they going to make the cut? They're going to get sent back down. And I said, well, if the Bruins are playing the Rangers tonight, we'll see how your boy does 
um, against Shesterkin, and he looked perfectly fine in a top six role. Yeah, it looked pretty good. looked very comfortable there. So I think that's what led to both A.J. Greer and Patrick Brown being put on waivers. I could see Greer being claimed. Um, Greer got claimed today. He's going to Calgary. Uh, that's a good opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, like, I could see him getting claimed. Brown, I think he's just he's going to be like Ben Harper with the Rangers. He's going to be the first man up when an injury eventually pops up. I don't think being placed on waivers is any knock on him necessarily. It's just no, you know what better it was? guys to fit the roster. I would say Beecher outplayed him in camp. I yeah. think they had him penciled in for a role, and Beecher came in and played better. And I was talking, I forgot who it was the other day about this, but this is the first time in about, I mean, no exaggeration, 12, 13 years where you hear the usual, there there's spots to be had, or, you know, there's roster spots to be had during training camp. And the Bruins were fortunate enough to be a team that was good enough or consistent enough roster-wise or turnover-wise from about 2008 till about last year and the year before that you could say the bullshit of there's roster spots to be won in camp, but you knew there weren't. You know, the the lineup was set. This was the first year they actually stuck to it because it looks like Podun, Potois, however the hell you say his name, I'm going to struggle with that for the whole year. Came in and earned a spot. It looks like as of right now, Mason Lorai is going to get a spot. It looks like Johnny Beecher is going to get a spot where I think these are deserved. It wasn't just one of those, hey, we're transitioning to the kids. It was, hey, the kids showed up for camp. They deserve a shot. I'm all in. Listen, if these kids fall on their face and then they get sent back down to Providence or Poda back to uh, Junior, I'm okay with it. But it lets it, it puts you on notice. If you don't show up here ready to play, you're not playing open tonight. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, this is the first game I was seeing of him, but on the TNT broadcast they were saying Petra for your boy. So I'm gonna go with that for now. Uh I will say this, and I mean it's pretty executive of me to say it even already, but I think one thing is official in this league and it's been proven throughout all the years. Brad Marchand cannot play without a French center. And that's, <laughs> that's just what's happening now. <laughs> yeah, so, and then the last thing with waivers, uh, I don't know if you find it as surprising, I guess, in a way, um, but the goaltending situation in Toronto. So Samsonov is obviously number one uh, to start the year, but Matt Murray basically – Long-term IR, we knew that all along. He finally had the surgery. He's out basically six to eight months. But Martin Jones placed on waivers and sent to the Marlies, and they've given a backup spot to a team who is looking to win a Stanley Cup behind a solid, if unspectacular, number one to the kid, Joseph Wall. Tell you what, that Joseph Wall is pretty good goalie. So uh, my bet, if anything, is Joseph Wall is going to be the number one by. Ooh, okay. By Thanksgiving, Joseph Wall will be the number one up there. All right. I mean, taking some time to develop, but he did play well in his time last year. Um, I just thought, I mean, it's the opposite of what the Rangers did, right? They bring in a guy who's been past his prime for the last three years, 
he was like fourth on a depth chart with Vegas because of his play, and they bring him in to back up Shesterkin, and all training camp he looks like absolute dog shit. So, and then the backup last year, Halak, who played solid, he ended up going on basically on a PTO essentially. And I'm like, you couldn't fit Halak back and just keep that room together. Like, I know, I think they went a little too overboard with the he's a veteran this off season or he's won a cup that's what we need i mean an assistant coach can tell guys what it's like to win a stanley cup not taking up a roster spot i'll say halak is a great backup too just consistent yeah. forever yep so all right that out of the way we will not now get to our divisional predictions um i don't know how many surprises there will be but uh we'll see once we get to the playoff eight in each conference and then picks in the uh, conference finals there, but we're going to start, as always, in a Pacific division. <laughs> um, and now, do you want just the playoffs teams, or do you want the whole one, division? One eight, was, baby. One through eight, okay. One through eight. So I'll go first, so we'll alternate who's going first. This way you go first when it comes to the Atlantic, and I go first for the Metro. You go, I go. Hugo. <laughs> um. So my one through eight for the Pacific Division, I have uh, Edmonton winning, mm-hmm. going number one, Calgary number two, Vegas three, L.A. four, Seattle five, Vancouver six, Anaheim seven, San Jose eight. Okay, I have Edmonton one, Vegas two, L.A. three, Seattle four, Oof. Vancouver five. Oh, my God. You're killing me right now. No, 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 no. And then I have Calgary, Anaheim, San Jose. So we have much different views of what the Flames are going to be doing this year. Mm -hmm. I don't trust them. (laughs) Yeah, it's just... Huberdo has to play better. Like, he can't get much worse. Uh, He can't get much worse, but I mean... He needs to spin it around and now carry a team after the year he had. I mean, is Kadri going to be anything close to what he was the year before? I don't know. I, just, I don't trust him. I Yeah, I mean, I've been bitten in the ass before by placing a lot of hope on it's just too much talent in a room, a.k.a. Vancouver and Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. But I think new coach, the mood has shifted. I think Huberdeau has a bounce back year. I think Kadri's healthy. I also think their bottom six is much better this year than last year. Just more scoring from their bottoms. Not saying that it's going to be full of 20 goal guys, but more scoring, more speed. They don't have to worry about Luch and Lewis in the bottom six. They replace them. And their D is still talented. And Markstrom, I think, is. I was like, I love Markstrom. Outside, outside of Gibson, he's the best goaltender in that division. That's fair. Well, so I'm, I, not, I'm not saying you're wrong there. No, that's fair. So I think I'm squinting my eyes a little bit and seeing a bounce back uh, for Calgary. I think Seattle, I'm, I would flip-flop in them in L.A. because I still, I still don't buy L.A. I don't buy their goaltending. I think their defense is average. And I think Seattle is more well-rounded, but I still don't buy into their forward group. They went from one of the worst in the league to one of the better teams in the league. I don't know which ones. Even if it's in the middle, I think they missed the playoffs. 
Okay. So, um, all right. You, we'll move to the Central. Who you got? Central, I have Winnipeg, Dallas, Ooh. Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, Nashville, Chicago, Arizona. Okay. A little surprise with the abs pick there. Um, I'm going to go Colorado 1, Winnipeg 2, Dallas 3, Minnesota 4, St. Louis 5, Arizona 6, Okay. Nashville 7, Chicago 8. I saw a thing today, and I don't know if it's just <laughs> craziness or just going out on a whim. Someone predicted that by the end of this season, uh, Nashville trades Soros. I think yeah, I think Nashville is going to be pretty bad. I can see them just tank blowing as things much up. as they can and, and turn it around. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no point in keeping. I mean, I don't even how much longer is he signed for? One more year after this? Two more? Yeah, I think it's two. There's no point in keeping a franchise goal turned around and then having to sign up an extension when you're probably going to be in year one or two of a long rebuild. So might as well max out now. Um. Okay, so let's do one through eight Western playoffs. I'll go okay. first with I'll go first this one. Yep. So Colorado one, Edmonton two, division winners for me. Then I yep. have uh Winnipeg versus Dallas, Calgary versus Vegas, and then Minnesota wins the first wild card and LA wins the second wild card. Okay, so I have Winnipeg Edmonton, division winners. Dallas versus Colorado, Vegas versus LA, and then we have wild card one would be Seattle, wild card okay. two would be Minnesota. So it would be Seattle versus Winnipeg, Minnesota versus Edmonton. And what's now looking at that playoff matchup and the reseeding, all the stuff that happens, conference final matchup. Conference final, and I don't know if I'm talking crazy. Uh oh. I am going to go with Dallas. I think I'm not saying Dallas mops the floor with Colorado here. Love Colorado. I am very big this year on Jake Ottinger. I think okay. Jakey is going to have a very good year. So it'll be Dallas beats Colorado, Winnipeg beats uh, Seattle, and then it'll be Dallas, Winnipeg in a battle. Dallas comes through. I think Edmonton finally makes the jump to there. Okay. I just think eventually that goaltender is going to bite him in the ass. As it always does. <laughs> As it always does, my friend. Yep. So I have Colorado beating LA, Edmonton beating Minnesota, uh, Winnipeg beating Dallas in the first round, and then Calgary beating Vegas. Basically, top seeds went out. And then... Colorado Winnipeg in the second round, which I think would Stanley be Cup a seven-gamer. Ga- seven <laughs> and then Edmonton-Calgary, another battle of Alberta. My conference final matchup is Colorado versus Calgary. I like it. Okay. Um, so moving to the east, well, same thing, one through eight for the division. You go first for your boys in the Atlantic. Atlantic. Okay. I have Toronto one, Tampa two. You ready? You ready to get spicy? Ottawa, Ottawa three, 
All right, I knew it. <laughs> uh, Buffalo four. Okay. Boston five. Okay. Florida six. Oh my god, what a drop. Uh Montreal seven, Detroit eight. Oh my Detroit if Detroit finishes below Montreal, CBY might be out of a job. Well, we'll see what happens, my friend. That's a tough division. Yeah. Um all right, my one through eight. Toronto one. Boston two. Ooh, okay. Tampa three. Florida four. Buffalo five. Ottawa six. Detroit seven. Montreal eight. So still sticking with old reliable. Old reliable only because so there's two things here. I was down on Boston until preseason. And I know it's only a handful of games, but and I know the allocation of resources with a salary cap league isn't great with having a five million dollar third line center. But I think you found another at least in his rookie year, 2C. Which should buy us a couple of years, keep us afloat. Yep, which pushes Coyle back down, which pushes Geeky either to 4C or the wing. And then you have so many guys that you can mix and match in your bottom six if that scenario plays out. That I think with Marchand um, and Pasta and then your defense and goaltending, I think that was my only concern was how are you guys going to replace your depth that was lost in the offseason and then replace one of just one of Bergeron or Krejci. I had no idea that this kid was going to come around. I, it could blow up in my face. I'm just bu- kind of buying into the kid. So I think that's what keeps you afloat. And then when it comes to having Tampa and Florida finish above Buffalo, I think Buffalo is going to be a good team. I just... I'm not buying into Levi being the savior as a kid who basically just left college. Yeah, but have you ever heard of a name of Uka Pekalukinen? I mean, just off name alone, <laughs> in there. I mean, sure. But I also think that they're vastly overrated. They have a great defense core. Oh, the D um, is very nice, yes. And who knew that Adam Fox at $9.5 million would be underpaid? Um, with the Darlene deal coming in today, but I sure Tage Thompson proved me wrong, and he was able to replicate do it again. <laughs> but the rest of the forward group, Jeff Skinner, don't care. Dylan Cousins is solid. I like him. I think he'll have a nice year as a two C. No one else. I give a shit about Middlestat is not suited to be three C um, for a Stanley Cup team. Jordan Greenway's in your top six. Alex Tuck's coming back. Who knows what you're gonna get from him? The corpse of Kyle Oposo is in your. I look at their full group and it's like, okay, you have Thompson, hopeful development from Cousins, and a lot of hopes and prayers. And when you have that going against. The Tampa Bay Lightning, who even with the question marks, it's the same way I felt about the Devils in the late 90s. It's the same way I felt about the Patriots until Brady left. They got to prove me wrong first before I bet against them. So that's where I'm at with that division there. So a lot of upheaval, a lot of people going Ottawa and... 
Buffalo and Boston's dropping. You guys had 130 points last year. Even if you lose 20 less games, you still have 90-something points. Like, you guys would have to fucking collapse to miss the playoffs, in my view. Um, all right, and then moving on to my boys, the Metro Division. My one through eight. New Jersey won. I hate saying that. <laughs> Pittsburgh, two. What? Okay. Carolina, three. Rangers, four. Capitals, five. Islanders, six. Flyers, seven. Blue Jackets, eight. Can, can you repeat, please? <laughs> Which one threw you off the most? Pittsburgh? <laughs> uh, start at the top. New Jersey won. All right, I'll go. I just wanted to hear it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I have Carolina one, New Jersey two, Rangers three, okay. Pitt four, Washington five, Islanders six, Philly seven, Blue Jackets eight. But I think it's kind of crazy to say when you actually look at the Blue Jackets, just defense alone. That defense is better than half the teams in the division. It's just their <laughs> offense is so bad that it's just not going to matter. And who knows what you're getting from uh, Fat Elvis. Well, that, that's another thing, too. But it's like, I was looking at their D today. I'm like, their D is <laughs> fucking solid. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to be the best last place team in NHL. <laughs> like, I'm not Oh, in the division? Absolutely. They agree. Yeah, they're not going to be terrible, and they're not going to be a... They're in the process of getting a top two pick in the draft. I just think the division is so bad, and I think Philly's a little undervalued here. But you look at the rest of the division, it's like, who's going to finish in last? I don't think... The Islanders are boring as, boring as fuck, but they have the best golden tandem in the league, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Washington, I can't really bet... I think they're going to be so focused on Ovechkin's chase and having Wilson healthy. Backstrom, he's toast. I don't care. But you still have Kuznetsov. Carlson's coming back healthy. He had a lot of injuries last year. And then he still have a good goaltender. So I think that's right up there. Pittsburgh, they burned me last year. I had Pittsburgh winning the division last year, and they burned me. I, I just think they know that this is their last chance. For the window. And I know they have guys signed for more than just this season, but I think this is it. You're so I think any that, younger. I think this plays into it. I think the Carlson deal takes a lot of the load off of Latang. Do I still think uh Carlson is not a defenseman? Yes. But when you can not have to play Latang thirty minutes a night come playoff time, it's gonna be helpful. I would uh, agree with that. <laughs> and New Jersey or Carolina, I know I have Carolina finishing third, but I think the top four here are separated by two points for each spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Carolina, it's just, I again, the goaltending, and they're quick, they're talent, the system's great, they have a good coach, but I think at this point, one through 12 in the forward group, the Devils, I would take almost any New Jersey Devil over Carolina. Okay. So, one through eight playoff seating. Oh, hold on. I'll My go phone first. is locked. Okay. 
New Jersey won Toronto two division winners. Mm-hmm. I have Pittsburgh versus Carolina, Boston versus Tampa Bay, and then I have the Rangers wild card one and Florida wild card two. Okay. I have Carolina Toronto division winners. I have Devils Rangers. Oh, God. I have Tampa versus Ottawa. I have Buffalo Wild Card 1 playing Carolina. And I have Boston Wild Card 2 playing Toronto. Can you imagine (laughs) Toronto (laughs) losing in the first round of Boston? (laughs) I, I think that is a matchup that A, everyone would like to see. And B, I mean, I think for Toronto this year, it's put up or shut up. Yeah, I do think that uh, Buffalo Carolina matchup, if it happened, would be fucking fun. I think it would be wide open, just wide yeah. open hockey. All right, so I'll run through my winners and then get to the conference final. So I have New Jersey over Florida. I have the Rangers knocking off Toronto. Okay. I have Pitts- Pittsburgh over Carolina, and I have Tampa over Boston. Okay, I have Carolina over Buffalo. I have the Devils over the Rangers. I have Boston and seven over Toronto, which is going to blow that fucking place up. <laughs> and then I have Tampa over Ottawa. Okay, and then my next round, it's the Devils versus the Penguins and the Rangers versus the Lightning. I have the Rangers beating the Lightning. I have the Devils beating Pittsburgh. And then my conference final matchup, again, for the third time in my life, Battle of the Hudson, Rangers versus the Devils. I have the Devils beating Carolina, and I have the Bruins beating Tampa, which gives us New Jersey-Boston conference final. That would be fucking good. The East is just so good, man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just one of those things of whoever's going to be the wild card spots in the East, that you don't want to play them. Yeah. Like, and then throw it into a seven-game series, mix it in a pot, and see where we end up. Like, every matchup, when I made my list, I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. And then you're reading yours, I'm like, fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good. All right, so our Stanley Cup final matchup prediction. I have the Colorado Avalanche versus the New Jersey Devils. I also have the New Jersey Devils, but I have the Dallas Stars versus the New Jersey Devils. So we both have a rematch at the late 90s. Yes. Someone's going to win. Has to. Who's your Stanley Cup pick? I said I was very hot on Ottinger this year. I think that is going to be the guy that gets him there. I'm going Jake Ottinger and the Dallas Stars. I am going Colorado and the Avalanche in a seven-game series. And when Bettman comes out to award the Stanley Cup, they give it to Ray Bork again. (laughs) 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 So do you want to go Con Smythe? So I guess it's Ottinger for you then. Ottinger for me. And I think one man that just does not age and gets better with time, Joe Pavelski. Just a fine fucking Mm -hmm. line, man. So I'm going to go a little off the board here. I'm going to do... (laughs) No. A a rare scenario of the Stanley Cup losing team having a Conn Smythe winner. Oh, boy. Okay. And my Conn Smythe winner 
Dawson Mercer. I would be 100% okay with that. I think he drops 10, 10 goals in, in his playoff run, 10 to 12 in a playoff run. I Believe me, that I told you over 80 points this year. I'm high on this kid. Yeah. Um, by the way, again, preseason, I've watched every preseason game for the Rangers, Devils, and the Islanders just because it's easy with my setup. You, you know, again, it's a veteran. He could just be saving it. You know who's looked pretty fucking bad? Oh, boy. Tyler Toffoli. Well, I was going to say, he got railroaded by uh, Troops the other night, huh? <laughs> hey, he, Troops is in midseason form. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. You, I was like, wow. That hit on Lindgren was fucking nice. I was just, I don't want to say I was giggling, but I was giggling. I'm like, wow, that is, <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> so, all right. I mean... I, I love to feel I hope well it's not on ESPN this year, it's on TNT, right? The Stanley Cup final. Uh probably. Yeah, it's probably another mixture of last year. Okay, I was gonna say it'd be nice for either a Devils, New Jersey, or a Colorado, New Jersey final to have the ESPN theme song going and re- really bring us back to ninety nine and two thousand. I I'm okay with it. <laughs> All right, so we'll do the major awards and then I got some prop bets that I have. Uh, from the athletic that I want your thoughts on, and then some random ones that I have for you. Okay. But we'll start off. Jack Adams award winner for this season is who? I am going with, and it's nothing that is too crazy or off the board. I just think they're going to have a really good regular season to get them there. I am going to go with Rod the Bod in Carolina. Okay. I'm going Ryan Huska. Big, you're big down there, huh? I just think he's going to get all the, all the reward for just not being Daryl Sutter. <laughs> hey, on, on the other end, sometimes it's not a bad thing. You're just not the other guy. Yep. Um, Calder Trophy. I'm going L- Logan Cooley. Yeah, Cooley's probably the best bet there. I, I've been looking at everyone, but you know what? Give me my boy. Po dump, po twat, boy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Give me him. I will, I will say, I will stop following every NHL or Sportsnet or TSN on Instagram if they're going to show any type of play Bedard makes this year. He made a pass that didn't result in anything. And they're like, look at that pass. I'm like, holy shit, enough, guys. No, I mean, he made the other night, he, he came across the blue line. And it was backhanded, so the guy's in a so like backhand sauce to the other guy. But I think the problem is, it, and I don't say it in the sense of it's against Bedard, but I think people are expecting a lot more of a learning curve being his size. And, I mean, the talent's there, but like as to what they're expecting that kid to do. And he's humming shit cross. Like, people aren't even expecting it. So yeah. I think on the other end, too, that... He's just going to play his game. He's not going to let anybody else fucking alter him, which I kind of like. I mean, they, they were calling him off for a shift, and he kept skating. Like, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> like, I find this stuff. <laughs> talk to Alexei Kovalov and how Mike Keenan used to handle that. <laughs> yeah, I think he's in a little bit of a different boat not having a Keenan <laughs> there, though. Um, Norris Trophy. Rasmus Dahlin. 
I'm going to Adam Fox because he was runner-up last year, and now he's in a system of Laviolette that's just going to basically have him as a fourth forward all year. So he'll finally get that 80-point plateau. I'll say Lavi loves pushing the D into the play. Yeah. A lot him of and, people are defense, like in that sense, he, he's an attack first kind of guy. Him and Keandre Miller are going to have big offensive seasons because of it. The funny, and we'll get into Rangers and Bruins specific in a minute here, but the funny thing that came out of camp was they were talking to Lindgren and they're like, how is it being a defensive defenseman in Laviolette's system? And he's like, on the first day of uh, training camp, when we were in the film room, Laviolette, he highlighted me on a screen and he said, Lindy, you see how you stopped here at the red line while Adam was down low? Fucking don't do that ever again. <laughs> He's like, I want everybody top of the circles and below. If you're above the circles, you better be coming to the bench. <laughs> so at least like, you know where you stand. Yeah, and I was just like, that works for everybody. I mean, Lindgren's a good skater. I was like, but I think uh, – Chubes is going to have a lot more open ice hits if he's at the top of the circle. <laughs> uh, if he's at the top of the circle, yeah. Train tracks are coming. <laughs> All right, Vezina Trophy. I'm going Igor Shosturkin. Vezina Trophy, the ink hasn't even dried yet. Give it to Hellebuck. Yeah, that was my pick last year, too. See, I'm always either a year early or a year late. <laughs> um, and finally, Art Ross for League Most Valuable Player. You know what? I mean, is it going to surprise anyone? Yeah, it is. You know what? You want to be the big dog in the pond? You want to make the most money in the league? Austin Matthews. Go out there and earn it, big boy. Are you ready for this? I'm ready, baby. Art Ross Award winner for the 2023-24 season. Left winger, Brad Marchand. Okay. Give me more. I just think... Everybody's riding off Boston. He's now the captain of the team. He's the face of the franchise. And I still think he gets undervalued as a point producer. Oh, 100%. Yep. Like, dude just drops three dimes on a, on a score sheet every year with his eyes closed. And when everybody is expecting the Bruins to drop off as a team and... A lot of people are probably thinking he's a byproduct of playing with Bergey. So now without him there, he's finding new line mates. I know Poss is still there and Poss will get his 30 to 40. But I think Marchand, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to go point production prediction too here. Okay. I, I think he plays 76 games. All right. He misses six games from injury or suspension. <laughs> <laughs> Got to leave it open-ended, yeah. I'm going to go 37 goals, 54 assists. Wow. Okay. And the Bruins finishing second in the division doesn't hurt either for his cause. No, I don't think that'll hurt anyone's cause. Um, <laughs> I will say this, and I, I say it in humor with Brad Marchand. I, I love this man. I do. Um, always going, always even at his age, this was a guy last year that I thought, hey, he had those uh, the double hip surgery. I don't think he's going to yeah. come back. Played out of his tits. I, I, I'm with you. I think he's going to have a great year, especially now with uh, wearing the captaincy. One funny thing is uh, they did, when COVID had first started, 
they did all of the Bruins who were on the 2011 team because that was supposed to be their um, reunion year. Okay. Uh, so they're watching it on a Zoom call. And Chris <laughs> Kelly, who is now an assistant coach with the Bruins, he was not at this time, tells Marshy flat out on the Zoom call, which made it that much better. Marshy, once his Bergie retires, your game's going to shit. Like, so, uh, one of the funniest things of all time. Like, it's just funny because, you know, now he's a coach. So either you come over, whisper in his ear, hey, I told you so. Or, uh, hey, I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> well, we'll see. I think this is Marshy's last hurrahs, a top of the line forward in the league just because of age. So I think, and he's also been deep playoff runs pretty much every year of his career. So I think. The decline starts after this season, which happens to everybody. But I think he has one more good run in him. And in fact, you know who I have as number two as the runner-up? Sidney Crosby. I don't even have Matthews or McDavid 1-2. Well, I, I mean, my guy was who I had last year who I still think has potential. But yet again, the league does not look outside certain people. I like Jack Hughes. I think now mm. that there's also people behind him, so it's not just a one-trick pony. I think that he can do a lot of things down there in New Jersey. He had a great year last year. I think he can continue on. Okay. So prop that time, and then we're going to Bruins Rangers. Austin Matthews, over under 40? Over. He'll be about 44. Okay. I'm going under. I'm going 36. Okay. I... Uh... St. Louis Blues, this is from The Athletic, over or under 86 points? Mm, just under. Okay. I'm going to go under as well. This one I I thought was fun. Arizona, over or under 75 points? Under. I'm going over. Thinking they make a pretty good jump. Going to Tampa Bay now. Steven Stamkos, over under 35. Under. Ooh, okay. Staying in Tampa Bay, Victor Hedman, over under 70 games played. Under. I think the big fella's getting a little bit older. I'm going to go, and I hate to say this, I think he's going to get a broken foot at a portion of the air blocking a shot just because he's still in the mix all the time. Okay. Who has more points at the end of the regular season, Matthew or Brady? I'm going breakout here, Brady. Okay, I like it. Who has more power play points at the end of the regular season, Jack or Luke? Jack, not even close. (laughs) Just because every fucking Devils broadcast. By the way, I don't know if our friend in New Jersey is listens to every episode, but if he happens to be listening and he's still listening this far in next time you see Ken Danico, can you please tell him silence is okay on a broadcast every once in a while? Like painful listening to him just ramble on as a play is developing and he can see it's a three on one or two on one or a shorthanded break. And he just continues his story. And I'm like, can you, could we watch the fucking game? <laughs> that, that reminds me when you said, okay, reminds me of a guy that I used to work with and it was always a long and accentuated okay. And you'd go, 
okay. And that would <laughs> always make me laugh, no matter what. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I just checked it. Bruins have sent Lowry down to Providence, so he's out. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go Boston-specific prop bets here. Okay. Pavel Zaka. Over, under... 65 points. Oh, I was going to say 60, so give me the under. Okay. I'm going to go over. I got him at 72. Oh, wow. Okay. Jake DeBrusque, over, under 26 goals. Give me the over. I, I think Jakey's going to have a good year. Okay. Milan Lucic. Does ha- which is higher at the end of the regular season? Fighting majors or games played? <laughs> I will go games played. I, I think you will see him in a lot of games. Okay. And then the last one for Boston that I have. Over under Jeremy Swayman, 33 starts. That's right at the mark, too. I'm going to go over. I saw Olmark the other day. And I still don't like the way he looks. So I'm going to say Swayman is going to be more on the uh, half and half. Okay. And then they're going to have to pick a goalie for the playoffs. Yeah, they can't do it. I think they learned their lesson. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Actually, you know what? Let me see here. Let me see if I can find one more. I was going to say Igor for you. Okay. 65 games played over or under. That's the thing, man. So it I scares think, me. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think Jonathan Quick is going to pull a Marty Baron. I think he's retired by Christmas. Really? Okay, just going think, that bad. I think, I mean, the last couple of years haven't been great in health-wise or performance-wise. I think he's signed with the Rangers because he's from Connecticut, tri-state area kid, and he's hoping – to be able to kind of put a bow on his career playing with the Rangers. I think he gets a handful of starts at the beginning of the year. Let's say he gets seven to 10 starts between opening night and Thanksgiving. And he's going to have a sub nine save percentage. He's not going to be playing well. And he's going to get to a point as a three time Stanley cup champion. What am I doing here? You know what I mean? And I think he hangs up to skates, and I think the Rangers ride with not Louis Domingue in A, Dylan Grant, their goaltending prospect, is in number two. And because of that, I'm going to go over 65 for Shesterkin. That's a lot of games. Okay. That's a lot of regular season games. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this. Linus Olmark or Brandon Bussey? Ends the year in Boston. I'm going to go Bussy. I, I still believe Omar's going to get traded at some point. That's what I think too. I think, and I think Bussy's played well. I think he's played good. Um, like I said, I just see. I saw Omar the other day, and he still looks slow to me in his movements. Just the the reaction time, like he his pads are a lot bigger. He he looks a lot bigger in net than what he is out of his pads. But, like, he just still looks slow. And I know, I know. He just won the Vagina. You don't (laughs) know what you're talking about. Yeah, I get it. 
just just watch the fucking game like watch his face when he goes down into the butterfly to make a move like it, it still looks as if he's wincing like i just mm-hmm. whatever injury he had last year i don't think it's gone away i still think he's very uncomfortable in there and that is my reasoning or it could just be a mental thing too where he's not confident in it no, I, I think there's a legitimate issue, and I think they're going to try to push him out before other teams figure out that there's a nagging injury there. All right. So do you have any Ranger prop bets before we get into our Bruins I, and Rangers season preview? I had the Igor one. You already said you were predicting Foxy over 80, which is that, that, that's a great feat. How about uh, Krides, over or under 30 goals? I think over just because he can park his ass right in front of the net on a power play and get 15 of those a year until the day he dies. So I think he's guaranteed 15 okay. at least on a power play. All right. Now, obviously, this has to take time to see. If after his spiritual renewal, Artemi Panarin still with the Rangers at after the trade deadline or gone? He's still with them. Okay. Um, I think the playoffs is what matters because he puts up 90 every year for us in a regular season. I don't think we get to the playoffs without Panarin, but this is put up or shut up in terms of what happened. Can we go far in a playoffs with Panarin? All right. Now, wins this season, first year for LaViolette, over or under 38? Ooh. I think they're going to have a very slow start to the year. Okay. I think October is going to, and early November is going to be real slow. And just like it was under AV, they started, I think it was, they were like one, six and two to start after they uh, brought him in because of the new system. I'm going to go. I'm going to go just under. Okay. I'm going to go 37 on that prop bet. Um, I think the end of year, right at 98 to 100. And that's why I haven't finishing fourth, because I think the other team is going to finish like 101 to 110. Lafreniere, over or under 20 goals? Over, but for a different team. Okay. So so what you're saying is the cock daddy will stay in New York, but you'll oh, be packing Kako, up Lafreniere stuff. I'm not packing up. I think, like I said. You'll leave like, it furnished. <laughs> I'll get into it when I do my season preview here in a couple minutes. But he had a golden opportunity, and he he was given – the first line right wing spot next to Kreider and Zibanejad to enter camp. And because of his play during preseason games and his practice, he is now starting the year back at third line left wing. Like, that's all you need to know. Yeah. And I think with Brendan Offman knocking on the door, Will Cooley made the roster. And there, Laviolette's saying, like, hey, I'm going to try him on a second line. You have a guy who wasn't even on a team last year now hopping you on a depth chart. So I think if he starts off slow, 
he's going to get a healthy scratch. And once that happens, it's like when you bench a quarterback, you can't keep going back and forth between him. He's either doing it or he's not. And I think he gets traded to a team that takes a flyer on him with a conditional like second-round pick, and he so goes on a little up, bit of a run. He's going to end up in fucking Columbus is what's going to happen. I think, I think he ends up in Anaheim next to Zegras. Oh, okay. So we'll see what that develops there. I just go back to the episode when the Rangers won the lottery that year. And I said, you could lose your job if you don't take Lafreniere first overall. And he turns out to be the next big thing. I say, but you could also win a Stanley Cup if you put your balls on the table and take a center like Sutzel. <laughs> uh, Strudel, like we like to call him. And you get your one and two combo with him and Mika for the next half decade. And since then, look at Timmy and look at Lafreniere and look where the Rangers' weakness is. As I say, unfortunate too on account of uh, that Stutzel looks pretty good. Yeah, not bad at all. And I'm sure Lafreniere doesn't notice that uh, he's getting quadruple the amount of pay and years on his contract that uh, Lafreniere got from the Rangers this summer. Unfortunate sometimes. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to do your run through your Bruins? Yeah, we can run through them. I mean, roster's finalized. I'm happy that um, I'm happy we're here. Uh, intrigued as to some of the ways that people have got into the lineup. Very excited for Poda, Potois. I, I I don't even know. Um, I'm just more curious to see where the season ends up. I mean, I was not very optimistic on them last year, and they were the best team the yeah. NHL has <laughs> ever seen. Uh, well, we'll see. This isn't me being that way again in hopes of having the same thing. I just, I think a lot of the other teams of the division have gotten better. I don't think we have gotten as better as we had hoped for. Um, so just kind of see exactly where we end up. So I, I, I don't know more. I'm more curious than anything. That's all. Okay. And where do you see your biggest need potentially being even with the kids development and everything else at the trade deadline? I think yet again, all dependent on, if this kid stays, so he has his nine-game tryout. If he plays ten, he's with us for the year. He can't yep. be can't be sent to Providence. Uh, can't be sent back to junior after ten. So they're going to have to make a decision. So if he goes back, we're going to be in desperate need of a center. Um, so we'll see what happens. A little knock on wood. Maybe this ends up just being a, a you know a, a bridge year for us, as to saying. Okay, well, at least he'll at least be ready for next year. Yeah. So, I honestly don't know. I'm curious too. I, I thought Lowry played very well during the preseason. I mean, he was logging about 30 minutes a night. So now I wonder if you could probably say goodbye to Matt Grizzlick because I wonder if this kid is going to be a lot cheaper in about Grizzlick. I believe is 3.8, and this kid will be on a entry level rookie deal for 8.75. So we're saving $3 million on the books. We have a lot of UFAs going into next year along with Grizzlick, Forbert. So there, there's a couple of people that could be on the way out. So I'm just I'm wondering if it'll be a defensive thing 
or if they'll keep the D and core intact and just kind of add a couple of pieces, nothing crazy, and then just hopefully try to hit it in the offseason because we have a lot of cap space coming up. I also think you can get, if you package Grizz with a like a B-level prospect or a first-round pick or a conditional first-rounder, you can get your 2C. It's possible. I just don't know who at that point would be on the market. So it's kind of hard to protect or predict as to what it is or what it was. But I don't know. We'll see where we end up. It's just I'm very curious. I'm going to I'm gonna find you your 2C really quick. Hold on. Right. If, the kid does, if the kid doesn't work out, I'm going to go. I'll text it to you. Right. And, that, and, and that way you can include it in the Facebook post. So that's a little cliffhanger for everybody to check the Facebook post when the link goes up. All right. Uh, um, Rangers thoughts before the season starts. Again, very disappointed in Lafreniere. I hope he proves me wrong. It's kind of like how you feel, right? It's like I hope he proves me wrong and that it – was just taking him time to get used to the new system, to get up and running, all those things. And, you know, he shows why he was the first overall pick. That playoff run he had when the Rangers went to the conference final fooled everybody. I Everybody thought, like, it finally clicked for him. This is who we're going to get. And, right, but, and I know a lot of Ranger fans like to point out you know, he was second on a team in even strength goals last year. Yeah, that's how bad we were at even strength last year. Like, we were brutal five on five. So him being second best isn't really something to write home about. Um, so that's kind of one area of concern. So the first line, I think the majority of the year is going to be Kreider, Zibanejad, Kako. I think Kako goes 25-40. On a year. Okay. I Just because his playmaking game is underrated. He dominates along the wall. He gets in on a four check first. He controls play. He carries the puck into the zone, which I think fits perfectly with a guy like Kreider, who's not a puck carrier. And Sabanajad is more of a shooter than a playmaker, even though he puts up 40 assists a year. I think he's more of a shooter. So I think having a guy who carries it into the zone, sets up play, and gets the puck on net, and two of those guys, he's going to rack up the assists. Mm-hmm. After that, they're going to try Panarin and Heedle on a second line together because Laviola says his ideal is having Trocek as a pain-in-the-ass two-way 3C. Um, and it looks like Lafreniere is on that line. I don't know how he fits on a two-way line because he's not, like I said, he has the hockey sense of a brick, so I'm not sure how great he would be on a <laughs> two-way line. But also, Blake Wheeler is starting out on the third line, and I think that's the best spot for him because he's 37 years old. He doesn't have the wheels. He didn't even have the wheels when he was younger, especially now at 37. He is slow as fuck on the ice, man. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, so I think in that third-line role where he's getting about 15 minutes a night and gets some second power play unit time, I think it's fine for him. Still don't love the signing. I wish he would have went out and got somebody else, uh, Brown, for that deal. Um, 
but again, if you're looking at Trocek to be a two-way third-line center, you're not really setting him up well if you're putting Lafreniere and Wheeler on his wings, but you also don't want Wheeler in your top six. Wheeler has come out and said he is perfectly fine playing on a fourth line. He will do whatever it takes to get a Stanley Cup. We'll see if he actually means that because I think that's where he's going to play the majority of the year. The issue is our fourth line center is Nick Benina, who is also slow as fuck. So like I said, when the Rangers made all their signings in July, this team got older and slower. And you just got bounced by New Jersey, who is young and fast. So I'm not quite sure the thought process there. But now if you have Wheeler and Benino on a fourth line, you're not getting a four check in. Like, you can try and play dump and chase, but basically you're going to be dumping it and then turning around and leaving the zone. So <laughs> It'll be dump and change. <laughs> so, like, again, the fit isn't great for Wheeler. And then you have VC and Goodrow kind of filling out the bottom six. That second line right wing spot is open for opportunity. So they might start the year with Laf- They might try and just force it with Lafreniere and be like, dude, you're getting time across from Panarin. Like, let's go and see what happens there. They might try Will Cooley there, who's made the cut. Uh, he's played well this preseason. It's more of a grinder, big body type who can score a little bit. I don't know if he's a top six winger, but he might bring the type of game that Panarin likes because Panarin hasn't found his oppo winger since Jesper Foss left, and Foss was not a goal scorer. So maybe Cooley works there. Um, defense, you know, they're fine. Yeah, Fox, Lindgren, Miller, Truba, Schneider, and Gustafson. Gustafson is going to have a good year to play with Laviolette last year. And then, of course, Igor and goal. And the thing with Laviolette is you'll never get embarrassed. Like, even last year in Washington, with all those injuries, they still weren't completely out of the wild card race until, like, a month left in the season. So the Rangers will not be bad. They will not disappoint. I think their ceiling is a little capped because their bottom six is old and fucking slow. Um, but I think at the deadline... I think Heedle grabs a 2C spot. So I think they're fine down the middle. They're obviously fine in the top six with Kreiner and Panarin and then Kako. It's just that second line right wing spot. If Lafreniere or Cooley don't grab it, uh, they might be forced to play Blake Wheeler there. And I don't know how that's going to work with him and Panarin just fucking volleying across the rink to each other. Um, But outside of that, I mean, they're going to have a good power play again. Their PK is always good. Uh, Igor, like I said, he's just going to have a lot of games played. And the other thing, the last thing I'll say is, the thing that used to drive me up a fucking wall is Fox and Lingren, and then Kreider and Sabanajad. they played the most minutes at even strength, and then they played first unit PK and power play. Fox is not built for that type of style for 82 games and then a deep playoff run. He loses gas every round, especially in the playoffs because he gets fucking hammered on a four check. He does not need to be on a PK. You can have Lincoln and Truba on your first PK, and then you can have Miller and Schneider on your second PK. Please give a break for Mika and Chris 
an Adam this year, Lobby. Please, I'm begging you. And I wish we could give Igor a break, but you guys made that bed when you signed quick. So we'll see what happens there. Now, one question just revolving that is the way Laviolette pushes the pace and wants everyone jumping into the play, obviously I think Fox is going to have a great year, but on the other end, you, you brought up the fatigue part of it. I mean, do you think this will beat him up even quicker than usual? Or That's why you can't have him play all three sides, you know what I mean? No, um, I, I get that part, but it's like, well, you, you kind of want to win games too, and if that's the guy you need back there, it's like, it's it's the double-edged sword almost. Yeah, I get it because you're in such a fight to make the playoffs and win the regular season games that obviously you need to win those games. But being in a position where your bottom six isn't the best or the best fits with the guys on the roster and your backup goaltender kind of sucks, you're, you lose that opportunity like a New Jersey or Carolina in, in your prediction will have towards the last month, month and a half of the regular season to ease off some of their top guys mm-hmm. before the playoffs. The Rangers will not have that option because of the moves they made this off season. So that's, like I said, that's the bed they made. Now they need to lie in it. And if they wear out Fox, Hey, listen, I want to make the playoffs. I don't want to miss the playoffs and go, well, at least Adam Fox was rested <laughs> you know, on the other end. You know, at least he's not too tired. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, they make the playoffs and, you know, they get Toronto round one, in my prediction. Then in round two, they're playing Tampa Bay. Then in round three, they're playing New Jersey. Like, that's not even getting to the Stanley Cup final yet. And you would have probably played an extra 20 games just to get there with Fox playing 25 a night in the playoffs on top of him playing 80, 82 in a regular. Like, it's different when you have Victor Hedman, who's six six. Yeah, um, and it's the same thing with McCarr. Like Colorado, I'm sure is not going to play him all three sides during the regular season if they can afford to, which I think they will. So that's really the issue. The bigger issue with pushing the system with Flavioletta is you can't really push play to push the pace of play when you have a lot of guys who are built around possession. You have Panarin, who likes to slow things down on a sidewall. You have Wheeler, who's slow. You have Lafreniere, who's slow. You have Mika, who, while he has speed, he likes to have to play. Like, there's not a lot of... I'm just curious to see how the fit works. Obviously, Laviolette wasn't their first pick because they took so long to hire him. I don't know who their wish list guy was. I'm probably... I'm going to take a guess and say it was Mike Sullivan. Hoping to see if he wiggled out of Pittsburgh. But... Well, the window is not closing because Fox is young, Key is so young, Igor is so young, Heedle's young, Kako's young, like Mika's in his prime. But it kind of feels like if the Rangers get bounced in the first round or they miss the playoffs, what's preventing them from going, you know what? We tried to keep it, the window open one more year with Laviolette. We're going to fire Drury and Laviolette, whole new staff coming in. You know what That's, I mean? Yeah. Because Dolan has an itchy finger like that. Um, and then who comes in, you know? So you might get a new 
front office that's like Panarin's out and then you lose 90 points that you got to replace. How are you replacing 90 points? <laughs> that's that's a very good question. Anyway, I know that was a big ramble on my part. I just I have no idea how this season is going to go for the Rangers. I know we just made predictions, but I could see everything clicking and they win a division and I can see too many holes in the roster and under guys playing below their expectations and they barely missed the playoffs. And that's why they play the games, my friend. <laughs> anyway, anything else in Yen for predictions, questions, prop bets, anything like that before we sign off? I got one for you. I, I, I don't know, so I figured I'd ask you. First coach to get fired. Ooh. That's usually one of our favorites. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think a team that's supposed to do well. You know, I think they get a little bit long of a leash. So let me go. Well, that's my think. thing. It's like, I feel like certain teams here are going to get, like, I don't think Quinny and San Jose, no matter how bad they do, will get fired. Yeah, I, I yeah, think, yeah, you yeah. know, new GM, new him, like, I, I think they're good there. But uh, I'm going to go DJ Smith. Okay. No fault of his own. I just think that. They, could they make the leap this year? Sure. I, I think they're, they're still one year away. And I think because of the pressure of last year, everybody thought they would make the jump. They didn't. If they don't make the jump again this year, I think yeah, so now there's some heat. It's the fall guy. Yeah. Who do you think? Well, this sounds a little crazy just because off of past success, but... I feel that Sheldon Keefe last year saved his job just by getting to the second round of the playoffs. Hmm. If at any point this season they falter blunder, Sheldon Keefe's out. With the new GM yeah. there, he's out. And that really just begs the question, if he's on that short of a leash, why not just bring in your guy for all of camp and preseason and regular season? I agree, but it took them a while to actually go through and hire. Um, That's true. They took a long time. They took a long time there. Then he wasn't even allowed to be at their uh, table during the draft. Yeah. So I hey, think. Hey, Babs available. <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah, they bring Babs back to Marner and Matthews. That'd be good, huh? Um, I have a, another for you. Okay. Bedard, over under 57 points. I'm going to go over. He, he seems pretty cocky. I'd say he's, he finishes point-wise at about 65. Okay. Let's see. Zegras, over under 30. After that holdout, it better be over. <laughs> I love the welcome back that he got from the guys for the first practice back. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Let's do some team-wide one. I'm going to go, oh, who ends up with more points this regular season? Huberdell or Johnny Hockey? Give me Johnny Hockey. Okay. Over, under, mm, over, under 91 points for Vancouver. Under. Okay. That's all I got for you right now. All right. <laughs>
Okay, pasta over under 30 and a half. Over. Okay. <laughs> no, not even close. He'll, he'll pop at least 20 on the power play alone. You think he cracks 60? No, I think 60 is too much, but I think okay. he's... Like 45, 50? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, just even the preseason, just giving him the puck at the top of the circle and the power play has just been money, even. So it's, it's he's turned, getting the Mika treatment. I was going to say, it's turned into almost... Um, almost like fucking Ovechkin at the top of the circle there, where they know it's coming, but they can't stop it. Oh, dude, duh. Obvious one right there. Ovechkin, over under 36 and a half. I was, mentally, I was thinking 38 before you said 36, so I'm going over. <laughs> okay. They're just going to feed him to puck all fucking year. <laughs> and that's okay. That is okay. So how many is away from Gretz's record right now? I think he's about two seasons away. So, yeah, let me pull it up. Alex Ovechkin. So he's at 663 goals before the regular season starts. So he's... Shit. That's still a ways away. <laughs> he's still 230 goals away. Is that right? 48... He had two. He had eight nine two, right? Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. So he has. Oh no, eight twenty two. Sorry, I'm looking at assists. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. So he's eight eight twenty two. So he's seventy away from the record. So if he has two good years, he's there. Forty and forty. Do you want him to break the record? Yes, I do. Why? I think that Gretzky was the reason COVID happened. I think Ovi was <laughs> Ovi was too hot on his trail, and he came up with that. I don't know. I I was a huge Gretzky guy. I mean, obviously, like almost every hockey fan, but like I kind of like the records being the guys that every generation can say, like, oh yeah. He was the greatest goal scorer. He has the most points. And it kind of feels weird seeing a record like that broken in your lifetime. You're like, okay, the guy with the most goals ever is, who is it, Wayne Gretzky? Gordy ha No, Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> That's just my personal feeling on it. Oh, so it's because he's Ruski. No, I mean, even if it was fucking Chris Kreider was about to break the record, I'd be like, ah, Chris Kreider... It'd be a little weird to have someone not named Gretzky be atop the scoring list. I mean, I don't know. they have the great one. We have the next one. I think, you know, it's meant to be pushed down. Can't take All it right. with you when you go, you know? That's true. So, where do you think Ovi ends up then? How far up the list does he get after passing? So he does this season, next season. One, two, three. He has at least three seasons. Maybe 20 over. I'm going to say he gets to 890, and then Putin withdraws his passport, and he can't leave the country and play in NHL games again. Oh, so strictly KHL after that. <laughs> and then those goals don't count. <laughs> I think... Realistically, so I think he gets 36, 37 this year. 
that puts him about 36 away there. His contract ends. Sorry, I'm doing this live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. So he has this year, next year, and a year after. So I think he breaks it next year, middle of next year, late next year. Comes back for his final year, probably pots another 20 to 30. So I'll put him about 921 all time. Okay. So anything else, sir? No, I think that's, that's pretty good. I, th- I think we've hit everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything possible. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see how wrong we are like we always do once the playoffs come around for our regular season predictions. And then at the end of the Stanley Cup final, when we talk about who just won a Stanley Cup, we'll have a very good laugh at our, could you believe we thought that Colorado and Dallas were going to make the Stanley Cup? (laughs) Idiots! I will say, the all-timer is two years ago. We we both had Winnipeg versus the Islanders. (laughs) Yeah, that was... I mean, fucking the Islanders. They'll get you every time. Hey, last year you got Florida, so I did get Florida, but got one. One one of two isn't bad. <laughs> so, all right, so we'll see how we do. If any of you guys want to play along and put your cup predictions or award predictions in the comments, feel free. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe next year we just do a a free for all where we bring in Fast Phil, we bring in Michael Paul. We bring in everybody. We bring Strat Daddy in, and we all do a massive what's your picks, props, and just really shit all over each other. I like that. That that would actually be fun to get, get a big one in. Kind of make it like we're on a bus heading to an away game, and we're just kind of cracking ass at each just, other. <laughs> just keeping it loose. I like that. Yep. So, All right. Well, any shout-outs? Shout-outs this week? Hockey. Tomorrow. Bang. Bang, bang. That's it. I got nothing. I've nothing. Tomorrow's another I day, got, my friend. Tomorrow's another day. I'll tell you some new news off air. Um, just keep everybody cliffhanger again. But other than that, hockey's back. Kind of, even though it's still 80 degrees here in Tulsa, once the afternoon hits, it's going to feel nice and cold on Thursday night when the MSG Network intro song hits. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Let's Come do on, that. Laffy, prove, Laffy, prove me wrong. Prove the, me wrong. <laughs> let's do that hockey. Bye-bye. I've been moving calm, don't start no trouble with me Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me You know how I like it when you loving on me I don't wanna die for them to miss me Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me Hope I got some brothers that outlive me They gon' tell the story was different with me God's plan, God's plan